SMQB's episode 134. This is Bison on Temporary Assignment coming to you from the thriving metropolis of Hagerstown, Maryland, in trial and doing a drive-by tonight. Um, And I've got one number, and that is 11. That is the number of the month that I'm going to finally get this trial over with. It's probably going to be November before all is said and done in this one. Rooster from Richmond, what do you got for us? I've got the number three. Uh, The team that many of us picked to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC or at least deep into the playoffs, the Cincinnati Bengals are one and three. Wow. They just lost to the lowly. Tennessee Titans 27 to 3 and they are one of three playoff teams from last year that just suck the Bengals the Giants and the Vikings I like it that's a good use of your one number well done rooster only you can use one number in such a large way no I like it that's perfect Pope what do you got come on I got zero that's the number of games the Rangers will win in the postseason this year. Oof. <laughs> oh boy. Do, wow. do you have your do you have your Braves hat on tonight? I just might have that handy for our MLB update. <laughs> I'm a two hat guy, as you know. No uh two. two. <laughs> just two? Just two. The, the, well, we got a little Orioles action too, but that's not one of my teams. But uh We'll talk about it with a major league update. We can just go straight there if you want. But the Rangers uh, shit the bed this weekend, even though they made the postseason. They they have taken the hardest possible way to go, and it's going to be a short uh, and uh, a futile uh, uh, effort. Well, yeah, let's jump into baseball uh, because it is the postseason. We we've got all the game times and everything coming out now. I think you know from my point of view. One of the things that you gotta you gotta keep in mind for the postseason in baseball is it doesn't the records don't really matter in these divisional series in these wild card series I guess these first best of three it's really who's coming in hot right, right. I mean I I really think that is so important um, at least for the wild card round. Do you think that after the wild card round though? It's like who's who's got strong pitching and who's got the experience that counts. I just think that the Braves and the Dodgers are head and shoulders above everybody else in baseball, um, including the Orioles. Um, although the Orioles have just an unbelievable story. I mean, there's there's really no reason to look at them and think they would have been basically a wire to wire. Uh, first place team and have the best record in the in the American League, um, but I but I think that I just think those the Dodgers and the Braves are just you know and probably and, and honestly the Braves are probably even a little bit above the Dodgers. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, here's the problem with the wild card. Yeah, the records don't matter, but they do matter. They matter because they dictate. Uh, and I might talk about this later in another set, part of our pod, but they dictate where the games are played. You know, part part of the 
I guess, compromise and allowing two more wild card teams per uh, per league was uh, getting rid of any kind of playoff games if there was a tie. So, you know, the Rangers tied the Astros, but since they lost in the head-to-head for the year, they are the lowly wild card team that is now having to go to Tampa, who is the highest wild card team. Uh, and they play three games at Tampa. Uh, no games at home. Uh, same thing for the Blue Jays. They had to go to the Twins. The Marlins have to go to the Phillies. And the D-backs have to go to the Brewers. And I don't see any of those four road teams having any much of a chance to win two out of three uh, on the road uh, against good teams. I mean, they're obviously they're in the playoffs. I think the Jays can beat the Twins. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think honestly, that's the I, most... Possible, and the, the D backs could beat the Brewers too. Yep, agree there too. I, I the Marlins, Fuck are the, the D backs, all they had to do is win one game against Houston in four games, <laughs> and they didn't. They, they suck. Yeah, but Houston's a good team. <laughs> You're and right. They, yeah, I mean, every end of the year they get better. Well, and I and I was going to say, you know, yeah, you have Braves and Dodgers up there, no doubt, but um, Houston is always possible to catch fire. And, you know, they've got a really strong bullpen. Their lineup's coming around. They have seasoned guys. Um, you know, I I think Houston against Baltimore in a seven-game series, I, I'm going to give the edge to to Houston uh, just because of their level of experience. Those guys have been there, done that, and they, they tend to, you know, uh, have strong playoff pushes at the end of the season. I'll be rooting hard for the Orioles. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn on that um, because the Orioles were a were a favorite growing up, um, but I got to tell you that um, the whole thing with the Nats and the and the media rights, as we talked about, I think last week or two weeks ago, is is a is a problem for me. But I think sort of deep down, I'm I'm still I'd like to see the Orioles do well. I I, I like to see the team do well. Let me ask you guys a question though. Talking about that the way the wild card is set up. Do you think that MLB would ever go to a neutral site for those games, those three round games? Uh, I'm sorry, three game round. Oh, I, I don't it would know. Make sense. I mean, yeah. It might make sense from a fairness standpoint, but I mean, let's say uh, uh, a team that didn't make it that uh, like Cincinnati. Okay. Nice stadium. We're going to go do a neutral series there. Who's going to go. I mean, it seems like the MLB would never give up the potential gate revenue that they're going to get for, or the teams would ever do that. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to figure out how to make the finances work, but it might even be cool to do it like in a non-major league baseball city. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want Fredericksburg Nats. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that would be kind of cool. I mean, you'd have to find a venue big enough because of the gate, because of the finances of all of it, of course. I, I think honestly, I think if you, if say the reds are out and you put a neutral site game in Cincinnati, those fans are going to fill that stadium to see postseason baseball. Same with Pitts, Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, <laughs> Might be the, the best thing the, that's ever happened to Pittsburgh. Go to the small market teams that have good stadiums where they haven't had playoff baseball in a while. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 I understand the, the concept. that You've got a three-game series, and you have three wild cards, and you can't do it and, and still be playing baseball in mid-November. So you have to – you can't do the travel day in between. I, I get it. It's just frustrating. Uh, that, you know, you have 
a team that ties the team that wins the division and year and the what they get because they lost the head to head is they get to go to the road and get punished by the best wild card team. Yeah, this is this is why soccer sucks. Ties blow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but as you, uh, dear listeners, who are on our YouTube uh, series can now see, I've put on my second hat, which is the Braves hat, and uh, I'm worried about the Braves guys by their starting pitching. Um, Max Fried is out. He might not be back for uh, for the NLDS. Um, that's questionable. Uh, Morton is out probably until the NLCS. Uh, Strider's doing great. Bryce Elder's doing great. But uh, I don't know. Um, they they didn't beat the Phillies last year because of pitching, and that could be their downfall again this year, despite the fact that they are you know just a wrecking crew with Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Azuna, and, and the others. Um, what about worried. the Dodgers, though? Isn't their pitching staff a little banged up? Well, I mean, I, I haven't really studied, I guess, enough to be intelligent on that. I, I, I worry more about the Braves than I do the Dodgers. I mean, you got Kershaw. Who else for the Dodgers? I mean, half of them right, are in right jail now. or playing and playing in I, another country yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, but but Pope, on this. Do you know what team led the league in home runs this year? I want to say it was the Braves, but that's not must not be since you asked that question. No, it is the Braves. Do you know how many okay. home runs they hit? No. 307. Do you know who the second the team with the second most home runs was? Uh Blue Jays. It was the Rangers. Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers. Oh, gosh. With 249. That's a huge disparity. I, I get that, but massive. Yeah, but you know, it's a seven game series. Uh the Braves will have home home field. They they do play well at home. I just I think we're a little premature maybe getting there, but um and we don't have to pick all the way through to the World Series yet. But that that's my reservation. I just don't I don't see um other than maybe the Blue Jays rooster, you, you may have a point there. And Moose Jaw, I'll be rooting for you guys. Uh against the Twinkies, but um, I just don't see the wild cards being that competitive this year. Hmm. Interesting. Milk, I think, I think milk that you're looking at uh, taking out the Rangers in in three, I do hmm. think we'll get one win, but it won't, it, uh, you know, we don't have the pitching either. I mean, look at our, who look at who's on the, uh, the DL for the Rangers, uh, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and now um, uh, Gray. So, you know, three of their best pitchers are are shelved. Yeah. I just hope the Orioles make it to the World Series because it would be an excellent story in that and also because it would mean the Astros didn't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and Bison, while we still have you on before you jump off to do your uh, trial thing, uh you want to pour one out for the guy who's on my uh uh on my screen here? Well, Mr. I I mean Oriole. Yeah, I you know I I really probably should let it up to you because Brooksy was even a little bit before my time. Um, I know Brooks is part of that um, lineage of the of sort of the Orioles way kind of thing, right? A guy who just uh, played the game the right way. Uh, um, probably, I, I'm thinking that House might disagree with this but probably the greatest defensive third baseman ever to yep. play the game 
I'd say uh, in my lifetime, he was first. Mike Schmidt, second. And yeah. Greg Nettles, third. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, Robinson, he was a human vacuum cleaner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and he was just the guy who sort of, you know, played the game the right way. Just, you know, um, diving all over the place, making every play. A little bit of a you know a different era of baseball. Certainly, you didn't have the home runs and that kind of thing. But. Just go to go to YouTube TV and check out the um, ALCS against the A's in the early seventies, and watch the guy field balls with his bare hand and throw bullets to first base. Watch him field the ball twenty yards off the line, and then throw a dart to first base and, and get one, yeah the one the guys out. I mean, he, yeah. he was just incredible, he and he was a better hitter than people give him credit for. I remember him with his filed-off uh, batting helmet, so the bill of the helmet was just barely sticking out. I guess he thought it helped him see better, but he was just a really awesome player and a great person, by all accounts. Yeah. It's really hard to believe that he's that he's passed. I mean, quite honestly, yeah. he's just uh, such a, a uh, uh, an icon and uh, a you know a, a, a monument, a human, but you know a standing monument to himself, basically for so long. Yeah, I have to admit, I saw some pictures of him, uh, you know, just recently before he passed, and it was really pretty staggering because uh, he just you know he aged obviously, yeah. and, and yeah, uh, I'm not sure when he aged, but it seems it feels like he aged a lot recently. Right, right. Like it's the thing that strikes me is if you look at Brooks Robbins, but Robinson's recent. Uh, images and and like Boog Powell, who were yeah. con- contemporaries of Jim Palmer, yep. and then you're like, how the hell does Jim Palmer look the way <laughs> yeah, he does right. at that age? Yeah. He's still doing like <laughs> he's still doing Haynes Tidy Whitey yeah, right. uh, commercials, right? Right. So, when when did you f- start following the Orioles? Obviously, there was no Nats when you started following baseball. Yeah. So, um, my my funny baseball story is that um, when I was like eight or 10, eight or 10, that age range we got was when like cable TV became a thing. And the first station we had was WWOR, which was the Mets. So I was actually a Mets fan because I could watch those games. That's what we had. That's you turn the TV on. You got all the Mets games. Then we lost that channel. And it was like <laughs> 1990 when we got home team sports. And home team sports with all Orioles. So really like high school and college were my Orioles days because we had the games on and we had season tickets and we'd go to the games. So, uh, you know, I remember like, I think my senior year in college, I watched like 140 of 162 games basically start to finish. And they went wire to wire that year. First you were place. more that of a Cal Ripken thing. guy than a Brooks Robinson yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. When, when I was a kid, I, my two best friends were were brothers. One of them was an Orioles fan. One was a Red Sox fan, and of course, I was a Yankees fan. And we were just like baseball fanatics. We would collect cards and play poker for them, and get into fights if you lost your favorite card. We would uh, we would play these games in the backyard with a wiffle ball and a bat and a tennis ball. And you had to, and we would keep averages, and you had to go through the lineup and bat in the stance. Of, of the, the guy, oh, that's fine. So that's like cool. I, you'd have to bat left-handed, and you'd have to have the same batting stance. It was really funny, and so oh, you know, I became very familiar with the Orioles from the uh, the seventies uh, through that. That's funny. 
One, one last personal uh, anecdote on uh, on Brooks Robinson. So he went to high school in Little Rock uh, with my mom, uh, who was, I think, about one. Here class, it comes, Bison. One class younger. He's got three teams in the He's playoffs. He's got three now. teams. And, oh my and, God! And right, my you know mom, what? I was going to call you up, Bison, before this right. and say, "Yes, what's the over/under on Pope <laughs> making a a connection through some relative to the Orioles?" As as, as Ross Bro says, "Can I finish?" <laughs> so anyway, my mom, my mom, and her, her group hung out with Brooks and a bunch of guys uh, all throughout high school, and uh, I've always heard about Brooks Robinson, you know, since I was a little kid, and so. They came to Birmingham, Alabama to play an exhibition game against the uh, Atlanta Braves back in 1973. And my dad took me down. I was, I was what, six? Uh, my dad took me down to the uh, stadium and, and we had Brooks Robinson come over and uh, talk to us. And, uh, you know, men- uh, my dad mentioned that, uh, you know, Corjane Pope was, uh, or Corjane Clark. Uh, was my my dad my mom and um, you know remembered her and it was kind of cool having that conversation. So I've always had a special place for Brooks Robinson and it was definitely kind of a uh, a shock when when I heard that he died and um, you know so time age age takes care of time though. But uh, sorry to see Brooks go and pour one out yeah. for him, guys. Yeah, pour one out for Brooks, and while we're at it, we might as well pour one out for Tim Wakefield and Russ oh, Francis. Yeah. Russ Francis, yeah, yeah, two, two great I mean, players from Tim back Wakefield, in the day. My yeah. age, fifty-seven. That's yep. just yeah, that was tragic. that was pretty. Seventeen tragic. years with one team, the Red Sox, and if you remember, he was the guy who got the last nine outs in that two thousand four ALCS against the Yankees to send the Red Sox onto that improbable. World Series appearance, and I, and I think uh, twenty nine years total with the franchise, right? Because he stayed on as right. a, as a scout or as a right. player development guy or something. In, in and he was the, in uh, charge in the of the. They're big into the Jimmy Fund, the Red uh-huh. Sox, and he headed up that whole program for years. By the yeah. way, little side story: the the guy we all hate from the Red Sox day, back in the day, Kurt Schilling. Schilling. Yeah. Without, yes. without, without permission from Wakefield's family, on like his podcast, released the news of his brain cancer, and the yeah. Red Sox had to put out a statement, yeah. basically apologizing that Schilling was such a scumbag. Yeah, shocking. And, and number eighty-one, Russ Francis was a uh, number one draft pick by the Pats in nineteen seventy-five, and played there for a long time until he was traded to the Niners in 82 and helped them win a uh, Super Bowl in 1984. He was a damn good player and just died yesterday, I think, in a small plane crash in Lake Placid, New York. Yeah. Sad. Sad day. Well, just, just, to, just to to wrap up on baseball, so we've got tomorrow, Tuesday, game ones. This is kind of fun, actually. you got 3 p.m., Texas and Tampa, 4.30 uh, the Twins and the Blue Jays, 7 p.m., Diamondbacks and Brewers, and 8 p.m., Marlins and Phillies. So that's a fun day of baseball right there. Yeah, right. right. Three uh, straight days. Yeah, that's fun right. Stuff. So uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy that tomorrow. This weekend. Well, yeah. Pope, congratulations on your five favorite teams getting in. Yeah. That's awesome. That's sweet. You should be well, happy. Go O's. I, I do think there's a lot of sentiment for the Orioles. Yeah. Yep. 
I don't, All right. This this, uh, this guy would not be upset if they ended up winning the World Series. Bison, before you yeah. go, you, we need to get your uh, take on the on the game on Sunday, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, look, it's um, it's one of those things where they the the big the big line in Washington all day has been uh, there's no moral victories, right? And and nobody feels you know nobody likes a moral victory. And I guess the best thing you could say is the players. The players were devastated by that loss yesterday. Wacky game. They were up 17 to 7, I guess, at halftime. Uh, gave up the lead, down 31-24. Sam Howell brings them back uh, to score the, the touchdown with no time on the clock. Riverboat Ron lost his balls. And yeah, then, what's R- up and then Ron. Ron? Is God, I don't know. I mean, yeah. How do you not go for two? How do you not go for two? You got to go for two. His excuse was the guys were gassed. They had run that that two-minute drill, really a minute 26 when they got the ball. They had been running up and down the field to get in position, and he just thought they were gassed. Um, I get it. I so then you want to go to road. overtime if you're yeah. gassed? Right. I so know. You, know who, you know who else is gassed? The Philadelphia the defense. fucking defense. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a no-brainer you go for two. Um, look, Philly's a good team. They're clearly not – hitting on all cylinders, but from a commander standpoint, and, and I hate losing. I mean, you guys know that I don't like, I don't think there's moral victories, but it was nice to see Sam Howell after the catastrophe the week before with yep. four picks against Buffalo that he came back. He didn't turn the ball over. He brought the team back. I mean, that's, that's growth that you want to see, yeah. um, you know, disappointing because it's a game of inches. And, and if uh, the call on, on McLaren's catch, goes the other way on the field it's washington's probably winning that game that's right um and you and know that was it, a hell of a pass yeah they're on oh, the four, that they're on that, the, the, that was a, a elite quarterback pass right there they're yeah. on the philly 45 yeah what, what is your and take foot, on the rule there came down on the guy on the head, arm and it was in he was already he was in bounds he came I down you, i don't know the answer to that i haven't researched it um but what I will say is, in just thinking about it, if you roll over a player, you're not down. So I'm not sure that stepping on the guy's arm would count as being inbounds. I think the bigger thing is that then you go out of image, bounds, though. So you are down. Yeah. But I think the bigger thing is, I think the images show that his toe was in. I think so, too. I, think I thought so there too. was a little green. Yeah. yeah. Now, again, you know, that's one of those calls. If they call it a catch on the field, it's not getting overturned. They called it an incompletion on the field, so it's probably going to stay that way. Um, the disappoint. I mean, obviously that that helps you win the game, but if if Ron goes for two and they make it, it doesn't matter. Um, if Reed Blankenship, game, if Reed Blankenship is laid out flat on the on the field instead of just his arm, yeah, and and McLaren has nowhere to put that foot down but on the body of Reed Blankenship. I mean, how do you? What's he supposed to do? I don't know. There was no. There was no other place for his foot to go. Yeah, I don't know what the rule says on that. That's a and and probably should have looked into that. I really because of this trial, I mean, I haven't looked read too much about it. But uh, anyway, it was you know, look, good game. The 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 big question is what's wrong with the defense. Although that's a that's a pretty good Philly team with a lot of weapons. And yeah. uh, AJ Brown sort of torched our rookie corner. Uh, you know, at 130 yards, which helped helped me a little bit in fantasy. Not enough, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy, uh, crazy weekend again in the NFL. I mean, and listen, I, I agree with you that, you know, there's no moral victories, really. 
a win is a win. And for people to say, oh, the Eagles are a terrible 4-0 team. No, they're not. No, they're 4-0. They're 4-0. They're, they're, they, yeah. they're not playing great right now, but they're finding a way to win every game so far. Yeah. And that's that's the mark of a, a really good team. Yeah. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, these little, you know, barely winning these games could make the difference between having the number one seed and not. It's yeah. all all about getting that one seed. You know who else is talking about moral victories today? The Jets. Oh, who, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, win the game. They're bitching about the refs and they're talking about a moral victory. The Chiefs just find a way to win. Chiefs are not playing well on offense. No. Their wide, re- their wide receivers cannot get open. What's and, wrong but, with with Mahomes? I mean, what kind of those are no, some of the worst passes I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but also nobody's open on that team unless it's they don't Kelsey. throw the ball. Well, listen, I like, mean, I I I don't you know I don't want to. It's not I told you so, but let's not forget the enemy's not there, and he's mm-hmm. in Washington. And yesterday, one team. Went against a very good defense, maybe one of the best in the NFL, and and was able to score 34 points, 31 points, whatever it was, and come down and score with no time on the clock. And and the team that the enemy left is struggling on offense. Uh, coaching matters. You know, there's that, yep. another thing. You could say the same thing about the Eagles. Why are they not playing great? Why are they not playing great? Well, guess what? They lost both their coordinators. Uh, that kind of stuff makes a difference. You, you can't overlook that. And and Philly will get it together. I mean, they're they're winning on talent right now. But there's an argument to be said that you know things aren't clicking because the coaching isn't the same. Well, when you, and when you have <clears throat> bad coaching and you don't have a superstar on your team, that's a really bad combination. And I think that's what's going on with the Patriots right now. I, I think ooh, Bill ooh. Belichick's over the hill. And needs to go at the end of this year. Game's passing him by. Boy, he did not look happy on the sidelines. Yes. I mean, he looked like he didn't have any answers. Well, did, five Jets, years. I got to go. I got to get a yeah, yeah, yeah. bail out of here. Uh, you got my pick. Have a good pod. What I'll is your What is you your Plexco pick that matters? Commanders. That's it. All right. Good, good, Just good. Just run with it. It's a good See one. Boys. All right. See ya. Good luck. Good luck. Yep. But we were talking about the Pats-Cowboys game. I personally think the Cowboys exposed Belichick. Five years ago, if Bill Belichick had watched the Cardinals rip through the middle of the Cowboys offensive line with their running game, don't you think he would have figured out how to do that? He, I, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson was getting like two yards of carry, and then they just stopped trying. Well, it's also possible that Dan Quinn figured out something over the over the week and, and made adjustments to the D line uh, to stop the run. Cause he figured that's where they were coming from. But you know, look, Mac Jones sucks boy. Uh, he, uh, I think his, uh, his time is probably past. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he's given, given so many chances and uh, it looked, just looked like that, that pass he made, he might as well have called Duran Bland and told him he was throwing the ball the way that he passed it across the field. He almost got burned on it on a play earlier, but that was just awful. He was responsible for the Cowboys defense scoring three touchdowns. Yeah, from a from a uh, fantasy standpoint, that was very helpful. Yeah, that's what I told you <laughs> yesterday. Mac Jones was the best player on your defense. <laughs> <laughs> For the fans, I where mean, but, our two fantasy teams are playing each other, 
and I should have won that game, but the Cowboys defense pulled it out. Well, you want a little update because uh, your running back has minus one yard. I know. I see that. I see that. <laughs> um, I What's going to be interesting is the Cowboys are a little schizo right now. They laid an egg against uh, the cards, but and they you know played really well against the Patriots. So uh, let's talk about the Niners. You know, they, they're going to the Niners and the Niners. Um, they, they didn't didn't struggle, but, you know, they let Arizona back in the game for a little bit. But the Niners have not had a massive letdown. Every other good team has so far. The Bills, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, and the Eagles have looked just good enough, but not elite. I, I would say that the oh, and, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs lost the game. I would say that the Niners are the one elite team right now. I I agree. And I think that, you know, uh, we'll have a marker of how good the Cowboys really are next Sunday night right. because, right. you know, they want to exact revenge for the last two years uh, being booted out of the playoffs by the Niners. So that it's it's a uh, we're, we're going to see uh, how Dallas uh, reacts. And uh, if if the 49ers, you know, if the 49ers win, I think you got to say their odds on favorite in the NFC. Yeah, and if the Cowboys win, I think you just throw away that Cardinals game as yeah. as an anathema and just you know, and they're it, just they're so much better than that Cardinals game. Right. And then but they're not, you know, just cuz they if they win the the 49ers game there, I'm not sure that's going to say they're the best team in the NFC, but No, but it puts Niners, them in that elite yeah. category, I think. It does. It puts them back where they they think, you know, they think it's the Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys. That's what the Cowboys think. Well, after last week, that's questionable. After this week, you know, maybe true. We'll see. We'll see next week. Uh, but um, what we need to talk but, about what happened to the Dolphins. Right. I was going to say last week, I think we would have put the Dolphins in the elite category. Sure. They were on a roll. Right. And the Bills just gave them a smackdown. Uh, it, it was ugly. Uh, Tua finally, you know, they got to Tua and uh, made him make some mistakes. And, uh, you know, look, the Dolphins gave up 48 points. So I might be a little bit more worried about their defense right now. Right. Right. Although I think a lot, of, I think you really have to give it to the Bills. They, they just turned it around and played like the team we thought they were a year ago and two years right. ago. Right. It kind, it kind of takes away that week one you know, bad loss and put, put the bills back where we thought they might be. seemed like but Josh the, Allen was not trying to do everything. He was trying to just execute the game plan well, and it worked. But, you know, how do you figure out the AFC? Yeah, we talked about the Chiefs, but what about the Bengals? I mean, you mentioned them in your number. They're horrible. The, uh, he's hurt. He's too he hurt, hurt to play. I think if you're going to, if you're going to lose, three out of four games, why don't you just do that with your backup and let him get well? And and I think there's some, some dissent now in the locker room. You saw what Jamar Chase said. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. always open. I mean, there's not a lot of love right now for that, for the team. Um, I, you know, the Titans, we, we don't know what to think of them. That is that a big win for them or are the Bengals really that bad? The Bengals are that bad. I think. Um, the Titans, because the Titans are not good. 
Um, and, and the thing that the thing that I think Jamar Chase was referring to was, I'm always open, and we've got a hobbled quarterback there, and our offensive line is not as good as we thought it was. Yeah, he Burroughs has no time to throw, and he's got incapable of getting out of the pocket. So it's a bad combination. Yeah, and then when he throws, he's throwing off a leg that's all messed up. Well, and we'd be remiss not to mention uh, Milk's juggernaut down in Tampa. What what do we <laughs> think about them? Baker mania, baby. It's, he's baking. He is. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think he's he and uh, the rookie out of Florida who plays for the Colts, Richardson, Anthony to me, Richardson. are the two two biggest surprises of the season at quarterback. Oh, well, about C.J. Stroud. You uh, talk about I thought. No, I thought he was going to be good. Okay. I, I did. I, I I predicted that the Panthers would regret not taking him with the number one pick. I thought Richardson was going to take a year or two to develop, and I thought that Baker was going to continue to suck. Baker's had a better start to the his career with the Bucks than Tom Brady did. That's a good point. <laughs> he has, yes, he and he's he's doing a damn good job. I'm shocked, but it's true. Well, I mean. We all thought the Saints would probably win a really shitty South, but I think you got to think the Bucks. Uh, they're they're looking at least as far as the South goes. It looks like it's their division to lose. Yep, I agree. I agree because Atlanta's horrible. They can't throw the ball. The Saints are banged up, and you know Carr's got a shoulder injury. Carolina's maybe the worst team in the league right now. Uh. Well, I think the the uh, Steelers are making a run for that too. Well, and the Bears, as but, are the as are the Raiders and the Bears and the Bears. Oh my God, they had a huge lead and just choked it to the other worst team. Yep. Who did the Bears lose to? The oh, Broncos. the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos. They were, up, they were up like I don't know, twenty-eight to seven or something like that, and just totally, totally. Uh, the second half got blown. If the if the Broncos had lost that game, holy smokes, would the fans have been coming down hard on Russell Wilson? Pope, you're uh, you're on mute. You muted yourself. There you go. You're back. Can you hear me? Yeah. You you can't blame uh, Justin Fields. He was uh, 38, 28 for thirty five with three hundred. 35 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, although he kind of coughed the ball up at the end of the game unnecessarily. That um, fantastic. At least stop the Broncos, though. So if I come, I keep coming back to coaching hot seats. Why are teams clinging to some really bad coaches? And I think about the coach of the Bears and the coach of the Chargers every week. So what These are we guys on? are terrible. 14. 14 losses in a row for the Bears. Yep. And the guy the guy in the Chargers seems to be going out of Brandon Staley, goes out of his way to make dumb calls every game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I I think the Bears would make a change before the before the Chargers. Uh I, you know, look, uh I wouldn't think Tomlin's on the hot seat, but boy, he was he was hot. Yeah. After that game against the Texans. Yeah, maybe he needs a new offensive coordinator, huh? Well, I mean, th th they need a lot of things. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it should be interesting next week. There's some, like you said, the Cowboys Niners is, is a good game. That will uh, reveal a lot about the NFC after that. We'll see. Let's, let's move on to the, our Plaxico locks. We have, uh, so for the fans, these, we call this the Plaxico locks after, after Plaxo Burris, who managed to get himself locked up for a gun violation and blow the Giants' chance of back-to-back Super Bowls. <laughs> uh, but we each, we each pick a team uh, that's we think is a lock to win during a week and, or, and beat the line. And um, I, I forgot to look at it, what the last week's picks were. Do you have them? I think uh, I won. Here we uh, go. Here we go. Yeah. Got him. You got him. Who'd you pick? Uh, I had I had the 49ers, I think. I think you have the Cowboys. Unless I'm looking no, at no, I had week. the Cowboys. I had 49ers yeah. for suicide pool. Get them yeah. all. So you had the Cowboys. Yeah. Milk and Bison had the Chiefs. They won, but didn't didn't, didn't uh, cover cover. House no, of the Chargers. Because Mahomes slid on the one yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> House also won with the Chargers. So I think, and I had the Eagles minus seven. Of course, they didn't cover, even though they won. So I think you, House, and I are three and one. Milk is like two and two, and Bison is one and three. I think that's right. So this week... Bison has just announced his pick is the uh, the Commanders minus I, I, seven over the Bears. Yeah, my, that's what my sheet says. And uh, what about you, Pope? What's your pick? So I'm going international. I uh, <laughs> I I like. I think the Bills are going to go on a roll. And uh, although the Jaguars, they're they're staying in London. I think because they're yep. playing back to back games in London, so maybe they'll be more yep. acclimated. But I think five and a half is too juicy to pass up. So I'm I'm taking the Bills, given the points at my Premier League team, Hotnam Totspurs, uh, home field where they're we playing on Sunday morning. So give me the Bills. And House also took the Bills. Do you know who Milk took? Did he not get his pick in? I didn't see it. Let me check. We'll, we'll get it later if we don't have it. Yeah. Just make it take a quick pick. Here. Either that or just give him the Bucks. Who are the Bucks? Oh, the Bucks have a bye. Yeah. This is our first bye week. All you listeners out there with fantasy teams, make sure you uh, check your rosters because we are now in the bye weeks. Yeah, some some like the Browns defense and the Justin Herbert. I don't see a pick for Milk. We'll have to get that from him later. I was going to take the Bills too, but I feel like I shouldn't just keep. I should mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think the I think the I think the Commanders are a good pick. I am. I'm going to take the Lions minus nine against the Panthers. Lions are playing good. I mean, we we haven't even talked about them this week, but yeah. I I was I really should just take the Dolphins against my Giants, who are just awful. 
but every time I do that, they I jinx myself and they they cover the spread or win the game. Right. Same thing as the same thing. Whenever I pick the Eagles, they win but don't don't cover. Anyway, we'll get it. We'll get we'll get our locks our lock from Milk and keep everybody posted. Um, Pope, why don't you tell us? the results of the Ryder Cup, and then we can talk about, in hindsight, did we really pick the best team we could have sent? Sure. Well, you know, I I predicted, uh, as opposed to somebody else on this pod who's not with us, that the Europeans, <laughs> <laughs> who actually, I think he guaranteed that the U.S. would win, actually in a blowout. Yeah. Uh, it's named he, Rhymes with with uh, mouse. mouse. <laughs> uh, look, there's a reason that the U.S. hasn't won now in 32 years on foreign soil. It's it's or by the time we come back, it'll be 34. It's it's because the Europeans kick our ass in Europe. They come out strong. You know, it's it's like we we go to sleep on Friday. Uh, you know, Thursday night, we wake up on Friday morning and we're already down four points. They they ran the table on, in foursomes against us on Friday morning. And so the whole time we're trying to chase uh, that four points. And ultimately, they lost 16 and a half, 11 and a half. They lost by five points. Now, the U.S. did uh, show some fire finally on Saturday afternoon with, uh, you know, Hatgate uh, when uh, Patrick Cantlay made a, a 43-foot birdie putt uh, to to uh, at least secure a half point. And then McElroy uh, and uh, Fitzpatrick missed makeable birdie putts. Uh, so the U.S. got one point, and, but it was the Joe LaCava uh, – Cantley's caddy versus McElroy and uh, uh, the Shane Lowry, which caused a bunch of controversy. I think it was, you know, kind of over the top, whatever. But uh, the Euros came out fired up on Sunday and took care of business. The U.S. had a little bit of a chance on Sunday in singles, but couldn't get it done. And and they only could look back and see, uh, you know, what what the records were of of some of their some of their longtime best players, right? Jordan Spieth had a horrible tournament uh, match. He uh, he got uh, what? Did he get one point? He got one point. One point he yesterday. Two two. Yeah. The world's number one, Scotty Scheffler. I don't really. He didn't play bad golf, but you know he he was up against Rom, and uh, and the best singles match you know I've seen in a long time that ended up being halved on eighteen. But uh, Scotty only got one point. You can't have your number one player in the world only get one point. Ricky Fowler, hello. Yes. He played two matches. He got benched after his first match when he just looked horrible. And he then finally played He played in the singles match. And he was the one that uh, that Fleetwood got the final uh, half point they needed to or, or point they needed. Uh, and Ricky conceded a putt that, you know, you probably should have made him putt it because it was for the turn. It was for the match. Uh, Max Homa, he's only one from America who played really well. Uh, and then, you know, look, McElroy uh, guaranteed a, a victory uh, when they were at Whistling Straits and he played, he played, uh, he backed it up. He was, he got four points. 
Um, Terrell Hatton played really well, three and a half points. Victor Hovland, who's, you know, how do you not like that guy? Right. Uh, three and a half points. And, and uh, he and uh, that Aberg, the, the uh, rookie, got just fleeced Kepka and Scheffler, nine and seven, the worst uh, Ryder Cup, you know, match uh, loss for, uh, for foursomes ever. So America, very embarrassing performance. Uh, they'll two years from now they'll be at Beth Page. Pretty sure Americans, uh, especially up in New York, are going to be fired up to uh, to take the cup back. But you want to talk about looking in the rearview mirror, though, right? Yeah, I I just have this feeling like you know PGA golf is is a is an individual sport and. Guys get away from college and they're they're no longer team players. They're individual players. The Ryder Cup is a team sport, and the Euros get that better than we do. And they uh, they they that's why sometimes you'll see some older players on their team who ha- aren't having great years. Sure. But then they but then they perform during the Ryder Cup. Ian Poulter was that way. Yeah. Sergio yeah. was that. Sergio way. was that way. So we throw out these guys like ball was that way. We throw out Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon and Sam Burns. And, you know, sure. They've had some impressive individual um, uh, tournaments recently. They don't have any experience winning at the Ryder cup. And then you have Fowler who has nothing but experience losing (laughs) at the Ryder cup. Why are we picking these guys? You know, I mean, I think that's part of the problem. I really would have liked to have seen Keegan Bradley on this team because that guy is, he is so intense. I just don't see any way that uh, he would have, he would have had the, the kind of performance that Ricky did. And, and, you know, look, JT, uh, you can't, you can't blame JT for the loss. He did not play great, but he didn't, he didn't play as bad as some people feared. I mean, Jordan Spieth played worse than JT and Jordan, uh, you know, was, was a, a no brainer pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, look, the, the elephant in the room, as we say, is, is the live guys who were on the sidelines. I mean, you can't tell me that having Bryson DeChambeau wouldn't have hurt our, uh, our chances. <laughs> well, why did we have Kepka? Well, so Kepka almost qualified because of his, uh, PGA win. And, uh, he was, he was number seven out of, you know, they six qualify automatically and then they get six captain's pick so so kepka was seven so so and in, in all the you know captains basically they're like look i mean he basically uh qualified automatically um you're not gonna you're not gonna not give him a bid but like dechambeau and, and dj and some of those guys they 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 weren't even in the running they didn't come even close they didn't they didn't play well in the majors to even get points uh um, right look right. would you like to have had DeChambeau on some of those drivable par fours. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like on 16, he would have probably hit like a driving iron and 300 whatever yards to, to get on the green. Uh, and you know, DJ, another, uh, guy who can, who can hit the ball long. So my guess is in two years, rooster, that this will all be sorted out and that we're going to see, an American team that looks very similar to the one we had at Whistling Straits, uh, and uh, uh, you know the firepower will be back. That that's my yeah. guess. All right, we'll but, see. But you know the Euros, I mean, they, they have 
two, three, and four, and and they have Fitzpatrick, and they're just getting better. So um, disappointing for the U.S., but overall an enjoyable and fun Ryder Cup, as they always are. All right, let's move on to punchable face of the week. Don't call it a comeback. I have one. All you. Uh, This high school football coach in the Cleveland area named Tim McFarland on Monday resigned after admitting that he and his team were using the word Nazi as a play call in a game against a team from a predominantly Jewish suburb of Cleveland. And when called out by the other, the opposing coach at the halftime, he just admitted it like, you know, yeah, that was our, that was our word we were using for certain plays. Uh, We'll we'll just change the name and no, you know, no apology at halftime, nothing like, like this is normal behavior to be doing that to a, a team from a Jewish community. So finally, of course, the shit hit the fan and he resigned, but this Tim McFarlane gets a punch in the face for just being a despicable, horrible inf- influence on children. This guy should never be allowed to coach children again in any capacity. You, you, you make me sick, Tim McFarlane. That's a, that's a good punch. Just terrible, especially in this day and age when so much of that crap is going on. And, you know, to be teaching kids that kind of stuff, that's, I just can't even get my head around that. Do you have an you have a lasso to counterbalance that awful I wish behavior? I did. I don't have a lasso this week. Yeah, I don't either. How about some buzzer beaters? Uh, my buzzer beater is going to be since we didn't talk about it. College football. Uh, we uh, uh, not a not a real big week last week. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess we saw milk's gators get exposed for the fraudsters they were mm-hmm. uh they lost to um a basketball school they, they they got blown out by a basketball school by kentucky um but uh we've got some big games coming up this week uh texas is going to play uh ou at the red river rivalry uh both undefeated possibly texas's most difficult game before they would go to the Big 12 championship where they may play Oklahoma again. But, you know, I'll be there uh, on behalf of the pod uh, embedded uh, and we'll report on that game. But uh, it'll be it'll be a fun game. Texas, uh, I feel like they're not going to have a letdown. I'm looking for a big win on Saturday. And then uh, my Crimson Tide going to uh, College Station to play a surprisingly uh, strong A and M team, and we'll find out uh, if Alabama is truly, you know, going in the right direction after last week. And uh, can Jimbo knock Nick off again? Boy, he would dearly love to. Mm-hmm. So those those are my buzzer beaters. Yeah, I, I just want to shout out to uh, the Buffs. It was good to see them rebound from the ass whipping they took from Oregon. Yep. And hang tight with USC there. I really think they were one possession away from winning that game because they were scoring at will towards the end there. They just still need some defense. Um, my other hey, buzzer. They get be- that onside kick. Yeah, I think they score. And don't you know, Coach Prime is no not going to be like Riverboat Ron. He's going for two to win yeah. that game. Yes. Yes. 
And the Mets and Buck Showalter have parted ways as if it's Buck yeah. Showalter's fault that they paid a gazillion dollars to two old guys whose arms gave out. And then a, one of their other pitchers got traded away and then another one hurt his arm and, and the whole team underperformed. Um, you know, it's, sometimes it's on the players and sometimes it's on the GM for making really stupid decisions about lineups. Um, I actually hope the Yankees pick up buck but they're not going to because they just announced today they're re-upping aaron boone as their uh, manager well, because of the great job he did last job for his great job yeah they're still rewarding him for hitting one home run against the red sox <laughs> all those years ago that's that's what it boils down to anyway anyway that's all i have you got anything else pope I don't have anything else. We miss our uh, comrades. Uh, we w- wish Bison good luck in trial. House getting ready for a big trial. Uh, Milk putting the kids down, I guess. Uh, you know, Milk's busy with the cutest that. fans that we have. That's all That's, I can say. Absolutely. Yes. All right, guys. Well, hopefully we'll all, we'll all hook up uh, next Monday. Good all job, right, everybody. Pope. Enjoy the uh, Major League Baseball. It's going to be a long slog. It's going to be a good day tomorrow. Bye. All right, see ya. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.